For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. John's Joints, every day in the 4 o'clock hour, John lights them up, expands our minds. While he's doing that, I'm going to distract you with some lullaby tunage. John, who's bringing us today's jeans? Optograph Laser Vision. This has honestly been a dream of mine since I was a child. And for when I first started wearing glasses, obviously you get used to them over the years. But I remember when I first started wearing glasses, it just annoyed me so much. And you get used to it, yes, but when you live in Florida... The one thing that everybody can relate to when you wear glasses, most months when you walk outside or you get out oh. of your car, your glasses are fogged. And that's that's maybe the best case scenario because with contacts, I could never really do them. I couldn't stick my finger in my eyeball like that. So a, a couple weeks back, I went to the Optograph Laser Vision uh, office, which is right on 38th in St. Pete. I was blown away. Not only how beautiful this building was, but they've got to do the consultation. You've got to get a few different tests done. And the smoothness and the ease in which they kind of take you to these different rooms, it is so well run. And I'm looking forward. Labor Day weekend, I am getting LASIK with Dr. Optograph, the GOAT. Of LASIK, in my personal opinion, when you look at this guy's accolades in the LASIK game, they can't be touched. The third doctor ever in the United States to do LASIK. He owns tons of patents when it comes to the actual procedure and the first ever to perform LASIK in Asia. So if you want to ditch the glasses, leave them in the past, get with Uptograph Laser Vision. They're now offering $1,000 off LASIK. So set up that free consultation today, 727-551-2020, or book online today at www.lasik4me.com. Let's start with the biggest news of the day. And I just learned, by the way, because Drew told me that the president uh, is going to be speaking at 5 o'clock. So we will uh, at least keep you up to date, if not carry that live at 5 o'clock. The news, though, 12 U.S. service members were killed Thursday. That's today at the Kabul airport after a bombing and gun attack from the terrorist organization ISIS-K. I mean, the one thing I don't understand about this right here on John's Joints yesterday, I said, ISIS-K, or I didn't say it. People were saying ISIS-K is coming, and they're coming to attack the airport. Help me understand how the U.S. government can know that ISIS is coming to attack a place where our servicemen and women are and a bunch of innocent people and can know that 48 hours ahead of time, and then it goes off, all these people get killed, and then we're just supposed to accept that? How did they know that yesterday and it still happened today? The most powerful country on earth can't stop these people from committing an attack that we knew was going to happen yesterday. That's odd, right? It seems odd. And I'm not I'm not saying we're complacent or anything. No. At the very least, maybe just not doing all we can to stop our people from dying. Because I think I heard Joe Biden say, we don't want one more of our you know people to die for a war that they're not willing to fight ourselves. Well, as of this moment, as of today... There's 12 more dead, uh, and 
I don't. I I can't really understand or know how much blame goes on the White House and all that that comes with it. But this seems as if we're getting into worst case scenario to ter- territory, and they don't expect the attacks to stop. The Associated Press reported those killed included 11 Marines and one uh, one Navy officer, often referred to as a medic. Uh, General Kenneth McKenzie said 15 additional U.S. service members were injured and a number of Afghan civilians were also killed or injured. Uh, that is uh, believed to include children. McKenzie said the bombing of the Abbey Gate at the Kabul airport was followed by a number of ISIS gunmen opening fire on civilians and military forces. He said a second bombing later occurred at the nearby Barron Hotel outside the airport. And from what I'm understanding, that's where most Americans are staying or are gathering to try and, uh, you know, figure out what the hell uh, they're going to do and and, and where they're going to go. I do have some audio. Uh, I do have some audio uh, from General McKenzie, who spoke a short time ago. It's a hard day today. As you know, two suicide bombers assessed to have been ISIS fighters detonated in the vicinity of the Abbey Gate at Hamad Karzai International Airport and in the vicinity of the Barron Hotel, which is immediately adjacent. The attack on the Abbey Gate was followed by a number of ISIS gunmen who opened fire on civilians and military forces. At this time, we know that 12 U.S. service members have been killed in the attack and 15 more service members have been injured. A number of Afghan civilians were also killed and injured in the attack. We are treating some of them aboard HKIA. Many other Afghan civilians have been taken out to hospitals in town. We're still working to calculate the total losses. We just don't know it, uh, what that is right now. There- uh, just just to follow up, there's a, here's another clip uh, that shortly followed about the possibility and expectation of more attacks. Thank you, General McKenzie, uh, Lita Baldor with AP. Thank you for uh, taking the time to do this. Um, Can you give us your assessment of the ISIS threat going forward? What are you seeing on the ground now? Does this cut the evacuation short, do you believe? Um, And are people able to get onto uh, the airport now? And then finally, the president has warned that any attacks against the U.S. would be answered. Will this attack be answered militarily by the U.S.? So um, a number of questions there. Let me try to take them in order. So first of all, the threat from ISIS is extremely real. We've been talking about this for several days. We saw it actually manifest itself here in the last few hours with, a, with an actual attack. We believe it is their desire to continue those attacks, and we expect those attacks to continue. And I'm not trying to pile on Uncle Joe here, but we sat here last week and listened to the explanation for why we should leave Afghanistan. And clearly we don't want any more people to know, to die But he said we eradicated the threat of terrorism. So if we are not even out yet and all of these terrorists are committing terroristic acts, how can we say that we've eradicated terrorism in in Afghanistan? Well, I don't think he said we've uh, we've completely gotten rid of it. We're not going to we're not we have had this agreement with them because they will not allow terrorists to make their home there. Okay, well, let's say there's a middle ground between them not all being gone and then before we can even get out of there, they're killing our people. Right. I mean, it definitely was not what he said because that that was our goal. He said our goal was to end the terrorist threat. Sure. And here we are. When's the when's the last time we were talking about Americans on this type of scale being killed by ISIS? Awful. It's just terrible. It's it's and, and we'll we'll carry the president at five o'clock and maybe he can 
you know, calm, calm everybody down who, who just says, how can this happen? Because uh, I'm not quite sure. Hillsborough County. Yesterday we talked about what's happening in Orange County, what's happening in Orlando. Uh, and, and, and I had never heard that it was even a thing when it comes to liquid oxygen and what they're doing with it and how they're having to take it from the water supply and use it for patients on COVID. Well, that is now a thing in Hillsborough County because they're saying, and this is never a good note, <laughs> you may notice a change in the taste and smell of your water. There just isn't enough liquid oxygen deliveries coming in because it's needed at local hospitals to treat the current surge of COVID-19 patients. Tampa Bay Water spokesman Brandon Moore explained the reason behind Wednesday's announcement. The lack of liquid oxygen is due to a driver shortage and an increased demand at hospitals due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Liquid oxygen is used to remove hydrogen sulfide at the Lithia Water Treatment Facility, and so we'll be switching to what's commonly known as bleach. To treat water at this plant. I'm sorry, bleach? Yeah, I think you can drink a little bleach. A little, but like once my water smells bleachy, I don't want to drink that water. We decided to switch treatment at the facility so we could use the liquid oxygen that we have available to use at our regional service water treatment plant, which uh, uses it for disinfection. It's just, obviously I believe this, it just blows my mind that we haven't heard of this before i mean so many other places and maybe it's just the word didn't make it to us but i don't think that the average person thought there was a connection between covid and the drinking water and maybe that's just an example of how terrible and how bad things are here in the state of florida when i saw my old buddy buddy dyer talking about in orlando i thought well good thing that's over there and not over here and then the next day now it's over here my water's gonna smell like chlorine yeah very uh very very concerning Ugh. I, I don't know what makes things go viral. I don't know what makes people do things just so they can do things on social media. But in li- unless you've been living under a rock, the newest thing on social media, users are testing their climbing and balancing skills with milk crates. Oh, and it's causing this. serious pain for some. The milk crate challenge has reportedly grown in popularity with several users recording and posting their attempts at walking across stacked milk crates. Like many other viral challenges before it, it fails and people are usually terribly hurt. And they circulate on TikTok, YouTube, and internet forums. uh, Challengers have reportedly fallen from dangerous heights and could have severe or near fatal consequences. The hashtag Milk Crate Challenge does not exist on TikTok at this time. And you get an error message because TikTok has made a decision to not let the the, uh, challenge continue. Save them from themselves, I guess. What makes what makes this happen? What happens in the human brain or is happening currently? Is it because people want to look at other things yeah. other than the reality? So even if it's people breaking their backs on milk crates, that somehow is better than, than what's happening in real life? A little that and a little of once something starts trending, people want to be a part of it, even if they know they could end up in the hospital. I guess so. Because when you see the people that fall on these milk crates oh, man. and they... Because because what happens is all of the milk crates fall. Like you don't just fall. Right. If you if you're falling, all of the milk crates are falling. And then usually it looks like people just fall flat backed on a milk crate oh. in some sort of position, contorting their body. Um, it it really is. I mean, outside of Tide Pods or something else beyond it, um, it's just bizarre. Uh, a lot of voices. I think I really feel. Like the tide is turning with uh, with COVID and sorry that was me that was okay. me I'm getting ready uh, with with COVID and voices that you wouldn't think are, that would come out 
and preach the good word of the vaccine right. are doing so. And, and, and it actually warms my heart, I, I think, to see somebody like Grady Judd, who probably has a lot of people in Polk County and a lot of political allies that would shy away from doing this. Grady Judd is going hard in concern with the vaccine and telling people to get it after uh, Polk County has lost multiple deputies. Uh, here's a clip from Fox 13 with Grady Judd uh, stressing the importance of listening to doctors. Deputy Broadhead battled COVID for weeks. Now, while we don't know Deputy Broadhead's vaccination status, this is a reminder that COVID is real and it is killing people and making people sick every day. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd joins us this morning by Zoom. Uh, it's got a message for everyone on the, who may be on the fence about this. Sheriff, before we start, I just want to tell you how sorry we all are for your office, for you, for his family. Just a terrible thing. Thank you, Russell. We are all devastated by this. He was a very energetic deputy, been with us over a decade. Worked everything from patrol to homicide and was just a tremendous individual, a tremendous father, and a tremendous parent. He left behind three stepchildren and a one and two year old baby. They never really even got to know their father very well before he passed away and it, it's very sad. Um, you have a message that you want to get out to folks about the vaccine. Well, absolutely. I have seen us politicize this horrible uh, event over the last, what, year and a half or more. I have seen the bloggers put out false information. And I tell everyone, yes, it's a personal decision whether or not you take the vaccine, but talk to your doctor. I talk to mine. And I talked to my friends who are doctors, and every one of them immediately said, take the vaccine. I think that's a voice that carries weight. And when you oh, look yeah. at counties that are that are very under-vaccinated, and somebody like Grady Judd, that's, that could move the needle. I think people hold him in higher regard than 99% of other counties hold, you know, their sheriffs. I agree, but with Donald Trump getting booed at a rally when he urged people to get vaccinated, I think there are some people who won't listen to anybody. But if you're going to listen to somebody, listen to Grady. Well, when the voices just become less and less, when the voices that you think you look up to mm. all start withering away, what do you do? You, right. you have to, and maybe you're just not aware enough to know it, and I, I'm not a vaccine pusher or advocate or whatever the hell you want to call it, but when those voices all start going away and you're left at the end of the day with Alex Jones, what you just justify that in your own brain? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. We love Dexter. We're Dexter fans. Yeah. And the Dexter's new blood uh, season that's coming out uh, broke some news. Uh, Deb, although she died, has confirmed she will be reprising her role of Deborah Morgan. Dexter's sister, despite having died in the season yes. eight finale of the show. Now, the, they love to get you with the headlines. Yeah. They say, not as a ghost. Not as a ghost. Oh, flashbacks then. But. What? In her words, more of a link or an echo or an inconvenient truth for Dexter, she comes back to sort of haunt and punish and caretake and provoke and love him. Oh. So she's oh. like a ghost. She's a ghost. Okay. I mean. You can say it's not a ghost, but it's very uh, yeah. ghost-like. The other very popular ghost uh, that will be in, uh, John Lithgow, the Trinity Killer, yeah. will be there in uh, ghost form. I know this is a very unpopular opinion. 
I love Deb. I found her very sexy, and I loved her character. Loved her. I don't know what it was about. I think it was when she started getting with Lundy that that somehow, she was just always so infatuated with these men that were either serial killers or, I mean, Lundy was, I mean, love the guy. He'd know how to make a mean cucumber sandwich, but he just was old. Well, she had daddy issues. Her dad took Dexter under his wing, so therefore it makes sense that she'd fall in love with someone who goes after serial killers. That's her dad issue. I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. So the the idea of lawsuits against food companies for not being exactly what you think they are. Uh, we, we've heard recently of the uh, Hawaiian rolls uh, because they're not actually made in Hawaii. People were suing the bagel bites because people said they contain uh, artificial ingredients and it's not real cheese. Well, we've got a new woman trying to launch a class action lawsuit. Her name is Anita Harris. And she claims that Kellogg's engaged in negligent representation, fraud, and unjust enrichment by exaggerating the amount of strawberries in frosted strawberry Pop-Tarts. Okay. For on, in online promotions and on the product's packaging. And that's according to topclassactions.com. The benefits from strawberries cannot be provided by strawberry flavor, which refers to compounds extracted from strawberries used solely for taste without their nutritional value, states the lawsuit. She claims that it violated the Illinois Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Art, or I'm sorry, Cosmetic Act, because Kellogg's does not accurately identify or describe the basic nature of the food or its characterizing properties or ingredients. That's a stretch. Much like uh, with recent lawsuits against Subway over the authenticity of the tuna and their sandwiches, Harris suit claims based on quantitative estimate and analysis of the filling, it appears to or may even contain more non-strawberry fruit than strawberry ingredients. You ever you like the frosted blueberry? I don't know that I've ever had that. Delicious. I mean, I'm going, I'm going strawberry. Uh, cinnamon brown sugar, or we talked about it recently, I would go for the s'more. S'more is great, but man, something about that frosted blueberry Pop-Tart, toasted, delish. It, it is. Obviously, this person, who knows if they'll win money or not, but it is interesting to think about how we buy food items that are labeled one thing, and we just eat them thinking in our heads. I don't know what the average person thinks yeah. is inside a strawberry Pop-Tart, but there's no strawberry. So, I mean, are, are we being wronged? If you uh, tell me I'm eating a strawberry pop tart, and I'll I'll be it, I'm not expecting to have you know beautiful luscious slices of fresh <laughs> strawberry. To learn that there's no strawberry, I mean I can see how it would be concerning. Uh, yeah, it should say say very large on the on the box. It does not contain any actual strawberry. Yeah, I mean I, I just kind of feel like I understand where uh, yeah understand where she's coming from. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, the the situation in the NFL is crazy with COVID right now. Uh, the Titans are going through it. But if you've been following it all, the uh, Cole Beasley-Bills battle that's going on. So, yeah, he was around a vaccinated trainer, but he didn't yeah. have his mask on. But the, and, the vac- and the vaccinated trainer tested positive. Right. So that person who's technically causing him to be quarantined doesn't have to follow even the same guidelines as him who was negative at the time, and it all stemmed in a lot of the stuff that he's saying on social media, (coughs) sorry, stemmed from Isaiah McKenzie, uh, who was a player unvaccinated, who he doesn't know how it happened, but during some period of time, he was spotted without a mask, and they fined him $14,650 for being somewhere in the facility 
without a mask on. I saw that his uh, teammate or former teammate, Stefan Diggs, uh, tweeted out 15000 That's a lot of money taking a shot. Is it, though? Uh, like, so, uh, well, no, I'm not, I'm not asking. Right. Was he being sarcastic? I think so. Yeah, like 15000 take it and move on? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't like Cole Beasley. I have no yeah. idea. Cole's winning himself no friends with his uh, social media presence. It's very, it's, it's, uh, there's, maybe there's a way to navigate those waters, and I'm sure there are players <laughs> doing it the right way, but he has chose to be almost a face of the unvaccinated uh, Bills player or the NFL player, and, and, and I can understand how it's running, uh, rubbing people the, the wrong way. And lastly, this has happened before. I think McDonald's went through a big stretch uh, along the same lines of the Pop-Tarts. A Texas woman is suing Starbucks over first-degree burns she suffered, claiming she was given the wrong coffee and then spilled it on herself oh. when she gave it back. So she thought it was going to be... Cold brew? It, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you should know about the cup. You should, but, like, if you've never gotten cold brew before and they handed you a cup, you might think that that's cold brew. So, Mary Sims ordered some Joe uh, from the Starbucks, uh, according to the suit. The employee informed Sims that she was given the wrong drink, and when Sims stopped her car and handed back the coffee, the lid came off Ooh. and spilled on it. As oh. a result, she sustained first and second degree burns, causing severe personal injuries. Uh, oh, no, she wasn't supposed to have a cold brew. Oh. So, what she's saying is that their error led her to have to give it back is when it spilled oh. is when she burned herself. Well, I'm, I, mean, I don't know if I've shared this story with you. It is one of the most traumatic. It just everybody was okay, but yeah. the memory is ingrained in my brain. So we used to go to McDonald's before school. My mom would take us there for breakfast before school. Yeah. And we went in, we had a McDonald's or a Mickey D's and we're walking out. And, you know, sometimes uh, when you're little kids, uh, my mom's hold, envision this. My mom's holding the door open. Right. With a coffee in her hand. Okay. And then through kind of the little tunnel that is made between the side of her legs and her arm as yeah. she's holding the door open, my brother, who is probably four or five years old at this point, goes to run through her legs. Well, he does that. He bumps her, and her fresh McDonald's coffee literally spills directly onto his skull as a child. And everybody in the restaurant freaked out. They freaked out. They took him. I'll never, somebody, I don't know if my mom or somebody from McDonald's grabbed him and ran him back into the McDonald's kitchen and submerged his head in, in water, like the running water. We're putting ice bags on his head and stuff. He had burns. Uh, he's okay. But uh, it was a very traumatic thing that happened with hot coffee. And, you know, we never sued. So <laughs> move on, lady. Sorry that happened. It did. It's a, you know, we all, we all, uh, we all have our own traumas. Sorry, buddy. I'm all burnt up. Okay. Uh, we're going to come back and do a little cool or not cool. Just when you thought there could be no more Jeopardy controversy that they'd ironed everything out. Well, you were wrong. New host Jeopardy controversy next on Drew Grabo Live. Medi Weight Loss, the medically supervised program that can have you losing 6 to 10 pounds in the first week. And getting the ball rolling, seeing results, knowing that what you're doing is working for me, is a major part of losing weight because when I dedicate myself to something and it's not working, it's easy to fall off the wagon, but that's not how it goes down with Medi Weight Loss. You stick to the program, you go in for your weekly weigh-ins, and you see results, which keeps you motivated. And when you lose those extra LBs, you don't just feel better because you're thinner, you got more energy, your brain works quicker, and that are just a few. that is just a few of the benefits you can get from Medi Weight Loss. And they want to give you a free assessment. Go to startmedi.com slash 1025. That's startmedi.com slash 1025. You can also call 877-MED-LOSS. They do accept some insurances. So find out if they accept yours. When you make the call, let them know you heard John Sending talking about it on Drew Gura Bola.
You're listening to Drew Garabo live on 102.5 The Bone.